Hello from the The other day, all I could say is, we don't talk about Bruno. Oh, my gosh. We did the go needle, the little uh-huh. thing. With the, oh, my gosh. And but I that's the only part it. I know. So that's all I sang all day long in my brain. I cannot. Did I y'all see our TikTok? I, yeah, that was yeah, from yeah. the 100th day. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, welcome to Coffee with the Counselor. We are so glad you have joined us today. And today we are talking about tips and ideas to help you build and maintain a strong relationship with your child. Um, before we get started, though, we always like to talk about our coffee cups. Mm-hmm. Today, I'm sporting a cup from ASVAB. It is purple, and ASVAB is a career exploration program that is done with high school students. And shout out to Shonda Carter and her co-worker, who was at our counseling um, workshop conference conference thank you you. have not had enough coffee this morning but at our um, counseling conference in Hilton Head that we just went to not recently ago and thank you for the coffee cup yes and speaking of the conference it's national school counselors week so shout out to all the school counselors and all the people that support school counselors yes my coffee cup today was a gift from our district office and it says the influence of a good counselor can never be erased and it has our name on it and we are so appreciative of the administrative teams and teachers at our schools and our district office for supporting us and piggybacking off of that, my cute heart mug. Look how cute at the handle. It has oh, a little heart. It is so cute. So shout out to my first and second grade teachers and their kiddos. They um, made me a basket filled with love and had coffee and coffee cups. And this was a mug that was in there. So thank you guys. And to all the other teachers at the school this week for making me feel so special and loved. I appreciate it. Yes. All right. So we're going to get started and talk about building relationships with your child and this is um, kind of one of those topics that we just kind of take for granted that parents do well at. And um, we all three have children. And um, I think it's real important that we talk about first um, communication. And although building a strong relationship with your child might seem like a given, um, most of us can attest to the fact that it is not. Well, I it's think it's not the easiest yeah. thing in the world. No, parenting th- is hard. Yeah, yeah. In, in general, like <laughs> not even. Hard. Yeah, in general, it's hard. And then you talk about building a relationship with your kid, regardless of whether it's a five-year-old, a ten-year-old, a seventeen-year-old. Well, that's, that's what it's. It's hard. I think we take for granted. So I'm in a different situation than you guys because my kids are ten years apart, mm-hmm. right? So I, me personally, I think I took for granted like you were saying the relationship that you have with your kids like it's just automatic you know Mm -hmm. and when they're younger you feel that way you know like it's Mm -hmm. just oh mommy this and mommy that you can do no wrong you know they worship you you know all that good stuff but then you don't realize that this is like the formative years to be building those cornerstone and those milestone relationships with them because when they get older you know you have like a stronger foundation to build on and Mm -hmm. I definitely because my kiddos are are so far apart. I definitely, as a mom, have learned 
sorry Asher from <laughs> from experience it was almost like I was young we were young when we had him uh-huh. I thought I knew what I was doing in all aspects <laughs> of life you know nobody could tell me any different and I, I definitely um learned you know some di- some things to do differently with with the younger one mm-hmm. but um yeah we'll leave that one there <laughs> well I think that is um, a good perspective and we don't all have the benefit of seeing what happens when they're older while we still have a younger one you know so yes. that's a neat perspective to share yeah yeah and I love the dynamic don't get me wrong I love the the 10 years apart because he's Asher is such a great role model for his younger brother and right. I love the I, my brothers are a lot older than me and I have a fantastic relationship mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. you know maybe not so much when we we're younger because nope. I feel like I was their punching bag guinea yes. pig uh, wrestling <laughs> partner you know all that good Absolutely. stuff and I did not like having two other daddies telling me what to do mm-hmm. but definitely now like I do not know what I would do without my brother so I'm glad that you know Asher and Holden will get to have that relationship and um but I just feel like you know building that being more intentional in that building relationships from an early you know age I don't think I did a good job of that the first time around (laughs) well you know we we have the opportunity sometimes to look back yes yes so Let's talk about communicating with your child and some tips and things that we can talk about. Um, I think most importantly is the biggest thing is listening. And that's hard for a lot of people to do. Like it's something that takes practice to be a good listener, um, to not interrupt the story. And also while you're listening to try to make sure that you make that child feel like what they're telling you is of importance. To us, it may not be a big deal. But to them and their little minds, it is a big deal. Right. Um, and so I think really listening to what the child is telling you, whether it's big or small, is probably the most important thing to take from this. Um, and it, listen with, like, purpose, yes. too. Like, I know a lot of times we, we're really good at multitasking as a parent. Right. Kids don't like that. No. 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 They don't. And we don't like it as adults either. You're when right. We're trying we to have a conversation with our kiddos and they're, you know, on their tablet or on their electronics or mm-hmm. they're, you know, playing outside or what, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Like, we want their full attention when we're trying to talk to them about something. Mm-hmm. So, in turn, I think it's important that we give them that same you're absolutely right when I want to talk to my kids if I really need them to hear me whatever they're doing I'm like pause that turn it over you know I need your eyeballs at my eyeballs to make sure that they're listening and I've noticed that they expect the same thing from me and if my phone is even in my hands then they just assume that I'm not listening or Mm -hmm. that I'm not paying attention so Mm -hmm. I do think it's important that we give them our undivided attention and even when we're talking about because because Andrea's children are elementary age and of course mine are young adults and I've even noticed before even recently Allie has said mama put down your phone and listen to me I'm like mm-hmm. got you girl let me put this down because even though she can multitask and so can I when it's something that we really need to talk about we really need to listen with purpose yes you know and so you know she's called me out on that before and so I do want to say that when we when we are given these tips and 
things that we're trying to talk to our parents about. Like we are listening to ourselves too. These are things that we uh, want to work on as well. 100%. Um, and I think too, like just being, I don't know if this was for you, the same for you, but like I was in the classroom for so many years when I had Asher, like by mm-hmm. the time I became a school counselor, like he was in high school almost mm-hmm you know, graduating, you know, all that good stuff. So I think a lot of the things that I learned as a school counselor, like I was able to put into play from a younger age with Mm -hmm. with Holden. So even like just being cognizant of like some of the the things that we're saying now are not necessarily things that I thought about doing before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that leads into something else. Like first we're going to listen. And then I think we need to listen and not react oh, and not jump to conclusions, hard. and that is real hard. Um, and not always solve the problem, right? Not they all. Sometimes they just want you to listen. They don't want you to fix it. They don't want you to give you advice. They just want you to listen and hear me. And I learned um, kind of from Ty and one of his baseball coaches. And this was when he was in high school. You know, if you have an issue with playing time, this and that, I want you to wait twenty four hours before you come talk to me about it. And so I really tried to practice that with some different things. And it works out so much better for me and my reaction. And then I'm able to think about a lot of different aspects of what I'm wanting to argue about maybe. And so I really think trying to not react to the kid right there, because when they see your reaction, that becomes their reaction when whatever happens again. Uh-huh. So if you blow up over it. Oh, that's a hard one. They're going to blow up over it. And these are our babies and we're mama bears and papa bears. Mm-hmm. And we want to fix it and we want to go fight for them right then and there. But I do think if we could start practicing that little rule of waiting for, you know, a day before we react um, and really think through what happened and the consequences of what happened on both ends and to kind of get some full stories. Like I think not jumping to conclusions and not reacting is something that we all need to practice when we're listening to our kiddos about what happened at school, what happened on the baseball field, what happened, you know, at the park, wherever is listening and not jumping to conclusions. And you know, something that could help with that, or at least it's helped me is when my daughter is done speaking I sit there for a minute and then I say, okay, did you want me to listen or do you want my opinion? Do you want my thoughts? Do you want me to help you fix it or or did you just want to talk? Mm-hmm. And and she'll usually answer me and that also helps me know how to proceed. That's so, sometimes yes. they don't want your thoughts. So I do that with my kids here, but I don't do that with my kids mm-hmm. at home. I need to And why don't we do why that? Why don't we? Cuz I like, had a fifth grader yesterday that. and he came in and I I always ask the bigger kids that sure, can that sure. can get it is like are you wanting a solution? Like are you wanting us to work together to come up with a solution or do you just need a safe space to vent? You right. know, and he just needed a safe space to vent. And when he was done, he was good, ready felt to better. go back, felt better. But I don't do that with 
yeah, I don't do that with my own kids. Isn't it interesting that I'm trying to work on doing that more at school and you're trying to work on doing it more at home. And talking about the waiting 24 hours, Mr. Powell calls them ledgers. And he tells me all the time that I'm a ledger. Like, I'm always on the ledge. Like, Uh that you, like, I'm the Titanic, like, waiting. Waiting. And hit the iceberg. Yeah, just and he's like, I'm back on on the shore or, like, on the dock with Mm -hmm. my fishing rod. Like, really, you know, really, you you know, he's like, there's two types of people in life. There's the people in the middle that are waiting, and then there's people that are on the ledge. Mm-hmm. And and um, it was so funny when he gave me that talk that night. My big kid came in and told me something about school, and I had to text him, and I was like, oh, my gosh, my big kid's a ledger, too. Like, <laughs> I so The apple doesn't fall far. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It, I, it think about, doesn't. I do. I think about um, – you know, my husband and how he reacts to things and me and how I react to things. And then I look at our kids and very much so Ty is kind of that calm person that thinks about things and then goes through. And then Allie is like me sometimes where we are on that ledge. And so when she does react to things, it's kind of usually built up like, whoo, very dramatic. Whereas sometimes that's how I was when I would deal with those things with her. I feel so stupid when I get like <laughs> through it and then I'm like god I just overreacted uh-huh. over mm-hmm. this and yeah. then our kids see that okay right. we got and they that. do and so it it truly does they truly are watching us mm-hmm. and they're taking how we react to things and then that's how they react to things so being I think just being aware of how we react when they tell us things and as they get older you want them to be able to To come to you with those serious situations and serious topics and you not blow up or react react right then and there be able to just listen and take that in and if you're able to have that kind of relationship with your kid in those formative teenage years and young adult years it's amazing mm-hmm. to have a kid come and say, Mom, let me tell you what happened. Don't get mad, but I just I just need you to hear me out. And then they tell you, and you're like, okay, well, we'll work on it, and we'll figure it out, you know? Right. So what we were saying about foundations earlier, this just goes to show that when our littles are telling us these little things that don't seem like big deals, we're laying that foundation of Absolutely. listening and being yeah. open mm-hmm. so that as they get older and they have big things to tell us, mm-hmm. then they want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think as a counselor too, for my school, and it's probably the same with you guys, like a lot of the situations that kiddos come and talk to me about as far as their family is concerned, I feel like a lot of solutions would be just to have a better line of communication yes absolutely. because like I try to I do I mean I wear my counselor hat but I also try to put on that parent hat too when they come in here and you know when they're talking about that and I just think god have you really spoken to them about that like it's and they're like no I don't know how or no I don't want to or I don't want them to be mad and they're not gonna get mad but Mm -mm. you know trying to tell that to a little right you know sometimes it's hard for them Mm -hmm. to get that so I do think that that communication as far as building a relationship is probably like numerate, you know. Another aspect of communication though too is knowing um, when we make a mistake as a parent with our kids is showing them and modeling to them on how to apologize mm-hmm. and when to apologize. And I know I've had to do that multiple times with my so many kids. Times. 
um, you know. Sorry, I lost it today. <laughs> Sorry that I blew up on you in the Walmart. But, but I've only been asking you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, we do make mistakes. Adults do. make mistakes. Right, Kids right. make mistakes. And the right way to apologize instead yes. of, like, what I just, you know, like, I'm sorry I lost it on you today, but I have been asking you for the past week. To do. Yeah. yeah, leave that part out. Yeah. Um, and that that just mm-hmm. teaches them and models mm-hmm. to them, like, when we do own up to our mistakes, what should we do? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's just another little side topic is we don't ever want to force our kids to apologize. Oh, and that's something yeah. that I've been trying to really, you know, take into account with school kids, too. Instead of saying, oh, I think you need to apologize for your behavior, I try to say, so what should we do when we do something wrong to somebody? What are some things we can do for them? And a lot of times the kids know because they've seen us apologize before. Right. So not forcing that apology, but yet encouraging it for them to have that idea to apologize. And so I really think that just, you know, apologizing for your mistakes that you've made and owning up to those mistakes really will help with those communication tips, not only between you and your child later on in life, but for your child and their relationships outside of family. Right. Right. Well, it you know, when we apologize, it definitely is repairing hurt feelings mm-hmm. and repairing the relationship, but also, it, like you said, it teaches them how to do that amongst their friends. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... We've talked about communicating tips. Let's talk about spending time with our kiddos and how we go about doing that. And, you know, we all think, oh, I did this with them. I did that with them. We've done this and this and this. Um, And I think when we start to think about spending time with our children, I think we need to really think about taking an interest in what they enjoy. Mm -hmm. They're learning lots of things at school, lots of games, lots of new activities. And I think... Instead of saying, hey, we're going to do this, hey, do you have some good ideas for us to do something this Mm -hmm. weekend? What's something your friends have talked about? Or what's a new game you've learned at school? Um, I think trying to figure out things that interest them. One memory I have that, you know, just I always go back to a lot of times, um, Ty is a, a, a young adult and about to get married, and but I remember when Allie was a baby and Ty had just gotten like the, the newest, the first Xbox kind of thing. And I know it's funny, but we would sit there while Allie was napping and he was so involved in the little SpongeBob game and we were trying to get the golden spatulas. <laughs> and we would sit there with popcorn and drink in the floor and we were trying to play together. So playing those things that interest them. Yeah. I mean, if your kid plays Call of Duty, teach me how to play Call of Duty. Yes. You know, so that you can be involved in their world. And maybe that'll help you understand each other a little bit better, too. Yeah. I think in being okay that their interests change. Yes. Um, one of the bit, and this is probably like a very touchy topic for people who are super involved in sports and things like that, especially in our little, com- you know, our little yes. community. Like, yes. sports is key. And I grew up that way. And so, Asher, like, in two separate seasons of his life, like, we started um, baseball really early on, like, Mm T-ball, instructional ball, like, 
all the way up to third grade. You know, so from three years old to nine years old, it was baseball, 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 baseball. And I thought, you know, that's what we're going to do. Well, then in third grade, he decides he doesn't want to do baseball anymore. And, like, my heart's breaking because we've been doing baseball since we're three. And I feel Mm -hmm. like we're going to be the next Derek Jeter. You know, we're not. (laughs) But that's how I feel because he's my baby. Um, And he decides he's going to do soccer. You know, okay, well, as long as you're doing something, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm good with that. So we start soccer in third grade. And we really love it. And we start doing travel soccer, and we really love it. We do club ball, not just rec ball. And (laughs) we're every weekend and every day, Mm -hmm. all the way up to ninth grade, from third grade to ninth grade. And we win the state championship, and we're so excited. And he's like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm like, oh, I thought we were going to play soccer at school. And, you know, because soccer is a thing at school. You know, Uh I'm like, oh, I thought that's what we're going to do. No, I I think I'm done. I need a break. So I'm like, okay, we'll take a little break, a little one, just a tiny one, Mm because you have been doing it year round. And um, he discovered, but it hurt. I did not want to let it happen, but, you know. We did, but in that little break, he discovered his love for music. Mm -hmm. So now we've, like, taught ourselves to play guitar. And, you know, if I would have really pushed like I wanted to do, Mm because I am that type, you know, type of mom, um, it's not always a positive thing. But um, if I would have pushed, then we definitely would have missed out on that opportunity for him to foster something that he has turned into a huge passion, of you know, that Mm -hmm. I'm super proud of for. But just being okay with those interests interests changing yes I agree with that yeah I agree with it's, that. it's hard though it's it is hard especially when you devote a lot of time and energy and money to mm-hmm. those interests and then all of a sudden they change but if we think back to our lives and growing up we were probably the same way yeah. it just wasn't on as big level as it is now because mm-hmm. you know sports and outside of school is so different than it was when we were growing up back in the day so you know you played a sport for a season and you went on to another sport or another activity and you didn't look at it again until the season came Mm -hmm. around again yeah so now it's like just just keeping up with their interest and allowing them to have multiple interest um as best you can um but another thing about spending time together if you have multiple children is trying to have some one-on-one time with each kid, you know, Absolutely. maybe having some. Yeah. How do you dates. do that? Yes. Like, because you your kids are, really, yes, close they are together. really close together. My kids are so close together. And they, you know, the the younger one wants to do all the same things as, as the older one. And, of course, that drives the older one crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, even though they have the same interests and the same friends, they don't have the same strengths and weaknesses. So at our house, we we do try to spend one-on-one time together, and Josh and I try to tag team it. So if I'm doing something with one, like we're going shopping for new earrings, then Josh is going to take the other one to do something that she likes to do. Mm-hmm. And then we'll basically just trade off and mm-hmm. me and Hannah will jump on the trampoline and Josh and Holly will paint fingernails or something like that. You know, we so that we try to do something with the other one at the same time so that nobody feels like they're getting left out right. and they're both getting time with each of us. Well, because separately. of that age, they still probably don't understand. Well, y'all did this last night, so we're doing this today. So right. It, it probably with those kids at that age needs to be 
mm-hmm. done at the same time mm-hmm. and tag team kind of thing. And I think that's a great idea. Right. And when we talk about spending one-on-one time with your kid, it doesn't mean you have to go buy them something. It, it could be simply painting toenails or fingernails or mm-hmm. something like that. And something easy to where y'all can just have casual conversation. Um, it allows them to talk while they play, talk while they do. And it encourages that open line of communication with your kids while you're spending time together. Yeah. Right. Spending time together doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be a huge deal. And and it shouldn't be mm-hmm. all the time because mm-hmm. that's it not real that, life. Yes. You don't have <laughs> right. the time or maybe you don't have the finances. And so at the Lala's house, we've developed some different ways to spend time together as a family. And we love board games And we play board games and card games a lot on the weekends because the kids are very competitive. And um, just a little plug, there is a book for families called the Family Adventure Challenge. And so there are all these challenges, and some are free and some cost a little money or a lot of money. But um, you can't see the challenge. It just has a title and then you, it's like a scratch off and you have to use a coin or something to scratch off the paragraph that tells you what your challenge is. And then you do it together as a family and you can take pictures and you can write about it. So then you have this little scrapbook oh, and it's so, so cute. But we have done the silliest things. We have done like fruit and vegetable bobbing, which was <laughs> hilarious. And I won. Just in case you wanted to know, I won. <laughs> and we've made like silly videos and we've busted pinatas like ninjas. Um, just just be silly and think creatively. That's what we do. And I think that's what our kids have enjoyed well, the that's, most. That's another thing is don't be afraid. To be goofy. To be goofy and have mm-hmm. fun and be silly. And I, I know that you know, we are talking to a lot of different age groups. And I know TikTok is one of those things that can be very bad, but it can also be very good. Mm-hmm. Make funny TikTok videos with your kiddos. And well, I think and and if you're doing that with them, then you're also going to know what's on TikTok, on TikTok and you can and be able to, to help, help yeah yes help yes. monitor that yes. and then going back to the communication thing this also goes with the spending time together is just being present oh yeah so oh, yeah. you know yeah put the yeah. phone down don't, put it down don't do, yeah put it down and that that's that's hard y'all especially now everybody's got cell phones it's so hard and I'm just as bad at it as any other parent, probably. <laughs> like, you know, because you just become dependent on it. And well, and everything's and on it. it like, is. I read. I love to read. That's probably mm-hmm. my favorite hobby in the whole wide world. Mm-hmm. But my Kindle is on my phone. So yeah. I even read my books on um, my phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So at, we've talked about communicating. We've talked about spending time together. And one other aspect of building relationships with your child is family habits. And, I think one important part of family habits is when you can, when it's possible, allow your kiddo to be involved in decision-making. Whether it's the next vacation, whether it's what's for supper tonight, give uh, them a chance to give input. Mm -hmm. And I think that's real important. Um, When they have a say, they're more apt to enjoy and want to Mm -hmm. participate and You know, I'm kind of thinking of kind of those tweens and middle school age kiddos that, you know, we're starting to see our fourth and fifth graders kind of go towards. And, you know, it's not cool to hang out with mom and dad. So if they they can have an opinion or an idea or a thought that can go into the pot that we're going to do, 
I think that would kind of help in building those relationships a little bit. Do you do the family meetings? That's like one of the things that people suggest. I, I you, you know, we don't <laughs> do like a, family a family meeting. meeting out of okay. anybody at the table. <laughs> we don't. And when you say that, I picture like Danny Tanner and yes. his daughters. Um, so, so no, we don't do that. But we eat dinner together as a family yes. most nights because my kids are still young. We don't have that sport or that thing that we're super involved mm-hmm. in. And so um, at the dinner table, we do a wave and a wipe out some nights oh, where we go around yes. and we share the best thing about our day and the worst thing about our day. Oh, I love that. So, we do um, hollow. So like, yeah, same, same thing. thing. Yeah. So um, that's we probably the closest. We food at the dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have, when Allie's home some now, and so when her and her boyfriend are over, we are all, we eat at the table. Right. We don't have our phones out. We try to not have our phones out. And we talk oh, yeah, about like role. cooking and what we're mm-hmm. going to fix and where we're going to go. And it's fun. You know, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, we don't, we definitely don't do the fam- the family <laughs> no. meeting because I feel but like that it's is a, a dictatorship a good- <laughs> and I'm a dictator. <laughs> but that is a good idea for somebody that's looking for a way to start building those habits. Yeah. Is to have. Well, like and a- you can, I guess you could consider it a family meeting. Like yeah. if you're having dinner every night together, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like, all right, meeting in order. You call, know, call order. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It doesn't have to be like that because, I mean, we barely have time to get dinner in together, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, adding one more thing on top of that right. um, would just, yeah. But, and then one of the big things, too, that um, when we when I was researching for this topic and looking over was talking about the family values and mm-hmm. the traditions and stuff. Oh, yeah. I definitely, I might not do the family meeting and all that good stuff, but my family, there's my, my extended family, there's probably, what, 17 of us, I think, now. And we're about to have boy-girl twins. I'm super excited about that. Thank you. Not me, but my nephew and his <laughs> wife. <laughs> Can't wait. Anyway, so excited about that. But... Like, the traditions that we do have as a family. My mom called the other day. We do Sunday dinner a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, she was wanting to do Sunday dinner for one of my brother's birthdays. Mm -hmm. And so she was like, hey, can can y'all come? And I was like, no, we're going to be, you know, we're not going to be available on that day. Me and uh, Moose and Holden aren't. And Asher, I had her on speakerphone. And Asher's like, but I can come. I can come, you know. So even if, like, all of us aren't available, like my nieces and my nephews, you know, they just want to be together. We're going on summer vacation together. Mm-hmm. You know, those things. Um, we do have a couple of traditions just like in our immediate family. But the majority of my traditions are with my mom and my dad and my brothers and their families. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize how important that is until um, a couple years ago. When COVID hit, we had summer vacation planned and didn't get to go. Didn't get to go. My oldest came down with COVID, and that was when it first started. And like you couldn't get out of quarantine until you, it was a whole hot mess. But anyway, we missed our family vacation, and my kids were devastated. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't that they missed vacation because we went on a vacation once we got out of quarantine, but it was because they weren't with their cousins and that, and that family Mm -hmm. aspect. So they really look forward to, you know, to that. So Mm -hmm. I think setting those traditions, whether it be with your big extended family or just within your 
your small in-house family is super important. Mm -hmm. And since we're talking about, you know, communicating with our kids and building those lines of communication, ask your kids what they think the family traditions are. Because the things that my girls consider to be a tradition would never have occurred to me because I do think in terms of like Christmas Eve or family vacation and they don't they think about other things that maybe we did one time but they loved it and they want that to be a tradition Mm -hmm. so then we have to look for ways to incorporate it Mm -hmm. and absolutely oh that's sweet yeah that's a good idea well you just never know what what is important to To them them, you know I mean everybody you know places value on different things Mm -hmm. that's a good point that's a good point do y'all have anything else to share? No. I don't. I think, I think I this to. was a great conversation. Yes. It was. This was well, a learning opportunity for me. Oh, absolutely. Also. Well, our hope today is that you were able to get some great tips and strategies to begin maybe implementing with your children um, and building a strong foundation and a strong relationship with them. And what this looks like will vary from family to family, absolutely, just like ours varies from family to family yes. between the three of us. But hopefully these strategies will help you and your children realize how much they're loved and how much they're cared for. And if anything out of this, just communication. Mm-hmm. Start there with those simple, easy little conversations with your kids and then build on it from that. And so just like with any other time we do coffee with the counselors, we do have handouts that we send home to our kid with our kiddos um, on Fridays. And so look for that next week. Yes. And um, we surely enjoyed um, sharing this with you guys today. It's always fun to get together with it y'all. It is. It is. I agree. Oh, and happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Happy Valentine's oh, Day. Yay. And happy school counselor and week. And happy school counselor week to anybody out there that is a school counselor. We appreciate what you do with the students that you work with daily. Thank you for listening to our Coffee with the Counselors podcast produced by Anderson School District 3. If you have questions for our counselors or suggestions for future topics, visit acsd3.org to contact our counselors directly.